welcome to Frazzle Frat. We're back to talk books, coffee, pop culture, and more. I'm Ashton. And I'm Allie. So how's it going? <laughs> um, it's going. It's fine. Yeah, I do be going. It's a Wednesday. It's, you know, we made it halfway. We did. More than halfway. Yeah, I feel like we're we're doing all right. We could be worse. It could be worse. It, it could, could be, be better. But it could also be. It worse. could be. It, yeah, you know that's okay. So we're like somewhere yeah. in the middle. It's not a bad place. And the to sun, be. the sun has been coming out more. Yes, it's been so nice. I mean, it does bring out the stupid people, but like, the <laughs> sun is out. It's great. It's fab. It's it's so nice. It's like I don't. I haven't been having to use my sun lamp because the actual sun has made an appearance. So yeah, we love uh, that. I wear it so when I go on a run um at lunchtime i'll like put on sunscreen just mm-hmm. i've just been doing it for yeah. a while now just because i'm like uh, uh, you know yeah. aging and all that um and mm-hmm. it, it like it always feels a little silly because like the last couple of weeks it's been cloudy i'm like no the sun's still there i don't want to get any damage mm-hmm. but today i was like as i'm as i'm like out there i'm like damn i'm really yeah. glad i'm wearing it now because it was bright yeah it's like a cloudless sunny it's mm-hmm. so weird, and I, well, I'm i not complaining. I fucking love it. The powers of Punxsutawney Phil, man, are a wonder to us all. God bless. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, my to, gosh. To Phil we stand. In <laughs> <laughs> Phil we trust. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he's the oh. backbone of this country. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. We're delirious. <laughs> we haven't oh, even for started. Sure. For sure. We started a little. Oh. All right. Um... <laughs> So what have you been doing <laughs> other um, than sun, sunlight time? Well, we went to see Sweeney Todd together on Sunday, which uh, is the first yeah, time I was I there. ever been. <laughs> I know, I'm telling <laughs> I'm telling the listeners. Okay. Uh, uh, that was a fun thing. We had pretty good seats. I've never sat that yeah. like load. I'm always like up in the nosebleed. So that was good. Um, and the day before that, Megan and I went out to brunch and karaoke for her birthday. So I was really social this weekend. And now I'm just trying to get back inside my shell and not do anything at all and yeah. rest. So <laughs> I'm trying to find the name. So like Joe Locke. So he was the, he played mm-hmm. Toby. Mm-hmm. He's from Heart Supper, which I've watched. You haven't watched. I haven't, but it's on he my was, list. He was good though. He's, you should yeah. really watch Heart Supper. He's adorable I know. in it. I've like, seen like it's on my it, it is something yeah. that I really do want to watch but that was like a happy little surprise I wasn't prepared yeah. for that because everybody that I talked to you including were like nobody famous is in this one uh it all starts like next week or it ended last week and I was like okay cool I got like this shit transition day but um <laughs> I mean sorry no <laughs> no it's just like I was excited to go but then like multiple people were like well, Josh Groban's not going to be there and yeah. Foster's not going to be there and blah, blah, but blah. The girl, the girl who played um, Mrs. Lovett was awesome. Yeah, like, she was. Yeah, like the whole cast I thought was really good. Like there was no one that I thought like, uh, you know, was like, was bad. Um, I mean, I find the Joanna character just annoying in general, but that's not the actress's fault. <laughs> so. <laughs> It's just bad writing. God. <laughs> uh, but anyway, yeah, that that was fun. That was good. But yeah, I'm ready to not do anything for a while. Yeah. Yeah, for the most part. Um, 
I just I've also been using like the cold weather to like be cozy with crafting and um just kind of like in my little hobbit hole which is how's your book finding going slow (laughs) um it's no it's good it's it's kind of fun it's like um very very uh I guess relaxing I guess I don't know the right word. I'll put on like some like jazz lo-fi shit in the background and uh, just kind of sit for like an hour or so. And like right now I'm sewing the signatures um, and that just takes a lot of focus and time because like I don't I don't have anything fancy. So I don't have like like a clamp like book press thing. Mm -hmm. I don't. So like I'm using like a giant fucking large collection of like Stephen King novels. Nice. To like hold down the stack as nice. I'm like sewing it. And then that's you know, more fun anyway. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's just like you got to pay attention more because it's yeah. like it's going to shift. Um, but yeah, I'm hoping to get some more done. I'm about a third of the way. I don't know also why the first project that I chose is like a 900 page story. Oh my gosh. I wasn't, to be fair, I didn't remember it being that long. Yeah. Because I read, you read it. it. Like, yeah. yeah so I read it like um on an EPUB so mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, anyways it'll yeah. be a fun adventure um but yep that a little bit of knitting and then I've been watching more TV so I don't know if you wanna do this I smell snow because yeah by the time the next episode comes out after this one it'll be kind of be springish so yeah we won't do the i smell snow segment anymore for a bit Um, yeah i um i started watching the walking dead which i had never seen before um and i know it sounds weird but it's like how i've been relaxing like it's not weird you watch true crime for fun yeah i mean i guess i don't know it's just like the story's really compelling and you know i love dystopian nightmare shit um in novels and in tv shows so i've been like knitting a sweater and decompressing with a few episodes of the walking dead at night um and i've also been like putting on those like youtube ambiance like log on a fire or magical forest or whatever um while i'm reading with some tea at night to kind of wind down so those have been my my cozy things that I've been doing. Well, cozy. Walking Dead is not really cozy, but whatever. It's cozy to you. Yeah, um, exactly. How about you? Have you have you checked out the Calcifer new log that I told you to look at? No, I haven't yet. So it's Calcifer is like a character from a Studio Ghibli movie, um, Howl's Moving Castle. I don't know if you've ever watched any of those. They're very mm-hmm. comforting, cozy animations. Ooh, okay. Um, and he's like he's the he's the fire on a log with like two eyes and like the mouth <laughs> and um in the in that english dub he's voiced by billy crystal oh my god i love that okay. yeah yeah <laughs> you should definitely check out those movies if you haven't seen any of them i think you you would find them fun um yeah, i should <laughs> I've, i put that on in the background a couple of times but i've been watching random shit to be honest um i'm slogging through uh the buccaneers which is like some an apple tv show adaptation of like an edith wharton short story or it's it's i think it's like an unfinished novel to be honest um it is like okay so i'm it's not great um (laughs) okay 
but like I'm, I'm here for it so i'm just yeah. gonna see where it goes but it's like very very like it's like if persuasion was like the precursor for how we're gonna start doing period pieces to attract to gen z fucking years is like the fallout of that oh no yeah oh, no so like yeah yeah so- but you can hate watch it, but they look- <laughs> it well i don't hate watch it because i kind of love like the dresses and stuff so i just watch it for like the aesthetic the acting is whatever yeah but um (laughs) i'm mean um yeah and then i've also been re-watching bridgerton because uh season three comes out in may so i'm re-watching it while i knit um so i'm excited so i guess a lot of like 1800s in my in my uh watching that's yeah, that's what's cozy to you, which makes sense. I know. That fits. I know. That I think it's. I think it's driving Jimmy crazy, though. Oh, really? He's not into it. Well, he he doesn't watch. Yeah, he doesn't watch all that. We mm. just finished um, the latest season of What We Do in the Shadows. So like, there's mm. no. We don't have a. We have like one show that we've been watching together, and that <laughs> that's The Sopranos. But like, I have to be in the mood for The Sopranos. Yeah, and I'm not always that's- in the mood. That's also on my list of things to watch because I love Edie Falco yeah. and she's just awesome. Have you ever seen Nurse Jackie? No, but I know she's in it, right? She's in that. And yeah, she's phenomenal. Oh my God, she's amazing. Yeah. Um, so I've been wanting to watch The Sopranos literally just for her. I don't know anything else about it, but yeah. I'm like, I should watch this. <laughs> um, the guy that plays Tony, actually, James Gandolfini, grew up in the same town that my mom did. <laughs> Ooh, but they went to nice. different high schools so like not they didn't know each other but, but still she like just fame. dropped that fact to me like recently i was like what the fuck interesting yeah she's been holding out on you like <laughs> she's like well i never met him or anything i'm like um mom still. you probably did like you're freaking north jersey italian i'm sure you met him at some point <laughs> and oh didn't gosh. realize it you're probably related to him somehow <laughs> <laughs> yeah there's a lot of inbreeding happening um or it's not necessarily it what i said but <laughs> okay oh man well, anyways jimmy also watching gilmore girls together did y'all stop yeah that? but he it's like pulling teeth a little with him because mm. he'll he'll be like we only want shows that you like and i'm like right it's exactly he, it's not that he yeah it's not that he doesn't like gilmore girls it's just like it's, it's very a me show yeah. So like, whereas like Sopranos is like very like both of us. Yeah. Um, well, and it's hard to watch a show when one person's already seen it. It kind of feels like you've got like expectations on you to like it. So I get that too. Yeah. Well, to be fair, I just put it on because I love watching it, and then he yeah. gets to experience it for the first time. He does. He laughs. He like you yeah. Know. Um. Yeah. And I and I stopped quoting it after he yelled at me. <laughs> uh, Oh but, man, well, yeah, maybe another day. Yeah, I've also been reading though, not just watching TV like a lazy bum. No. Um, but how have you been doing with you've got you've got a couple on your plate right now, right? Yeah, I'm kind of the worst about like having multiple books open at a time. I finished my grapes reread, which was good. Um, and then for my work book club, I listened on audio to a book called Small Things Like These by Claire Keegan, um, which was written in 2020, but set in 1980s in Ireland. Um, 
and it's about like a man in a small Irish town. Um, it's a really, it's a, it's, a, I guess it's a novella technically. It was like two hours on audio. So it's kind of like a short story novella, um, basically like over Christmas, um, kind of thinking back on his past and fatherhood and like how he wants to be there. Like it, it was good. It wasn't like, you know, phenomenal. Um, but the writing was good and I, I felt like the setting was interesting. So read that for book club but um i'm also reading house of flame and shadow and that's all i'm gonna say yeah thank you the amount of spoilers i've had to scroll past i know in the last week i'm like what the i'd be dodging them like bullets like it's it's been out for like what a week yeah at least at at the very least put like big banner and give people at least like five or 10 seconds to scroll away because some people will just they'll like as the it starts rolling and they'll say the spoiler right away and then be like spoilers and it's like by the time i read that it was too late yeah i don't know so anyway so honestly you should wait like a couple months but that's just a i I agree personally because not everybody can afford to get it right away like there's also people like me who i'll if i didn't have you i'd be waiting in line at the library yeah you know trust me i have all day that's how i yeah on my current book that i'm reading right now i'm finally reading a little life by hanya yanagara um it's fantastic worth the fucking wait um his writing is so intricate but like it's so a woman interesting it's a woman i know i was surprised too when i learned okay well sorry um no it's okay i thought the exact same thing until i looked her up um but it's basically the premise is it's about four friends the four male friends who it's about the course of their friendships as well as their individual lives over the over decades of time so they became and met friends met as friends at 18 in college mm-hmm. and then it goes through like the first half of the book is like them in their 20s and like navigating that and like how like you know two of them are artists and like one's mm-hmm. a, one's a um, pursuing painting one's an actor um and then two of them are more traditional office mm-hmm. jobs like um one's a lawyer and then one's mm-hmm. um an architect and eat like two and then there's a different set of them that like have poor backgrounds versus others that have very wealthy backgrounds or well-off backgrounds and they're different races and like one of them has like a really fucking horrible past like sordid past that was out of his control um and you start like getting you get pieces of it Mm -hmm. like so you can kind of have an idea of what he went through and then um there's like one that like had such a loving and warm household growing up in but he's kind of like a fucking asshole because he thinks he's entitled everything um so it's really cool how like she navigates the different types of characters and what they do and how they revolve and like right now i'm about halfway through and they're entering their 40th like years like their 40 years yeah um their fourth decade that's what i was trying to say they've managed to stay friends that long that's kind of amazing well i'm not gonna give anything away but their friendships definitely change transition Mm -hmm. adjust to them as adulthood and the concept of an adulthood and like how like it was cool to to be like um non-committal or not married or drugs and whatever like when you were 20 something but all of a sudden 
in your late 30s, it's no longer cool. And everybody's asking, okay, well, when are you going to grow up? When are you going to settle down? When are you going to do this? And how, like, um, like how what's accepted in society is that, like, for everyone, it's a very, like, broad spectrum of yeah. exploration in very narrow stories. And I and I think it's just fabulous. Um, it's not nice. for the faint of heart. Yeah, that's what I've heard. There's a lot of tense. I haven't broken out crying. There's some moments where I'm like clutching my pearls, a little sad, <laughs> not like yeah. shocked, like um, oh my god, but just kind of like holy fuck, like yeah. that's intense. And then there's sometimes I get a little like you know, um reactionary to the characters yeah. but they, you know i'm a very quiet kind of reader so i can't speak to everyone yeah. else i'm not bawling my eyes out like most people i guess yeah um yeah. i've seen react to this book but highly yeah. recommend i think it was written in like 2015 too so i'm late to the- yeah yeah not that late in the grand scheme of literature i mean in our world i'm 12 years behind yeah whatever yeah. <laughs> well nice well i i'll be eager to hear what do you think when you finish? Mm-hmm. I think Megan and I have a copy. I, it's not my copy, but Megan would probably lend it to you if you want to return your library copy and borrow Megan's when you're here next. Yeah, but I'm not going to be able to grab that when I'm here, when I'm there next. Oh, that's so true. Oh, rip. Yeah. We'll figure it out. Maybe the following Anyway, week. You need yeah. to finish House of Flame and Shadows by next Thursday. Yeah, then we'll do a little switcheroo. Yeah, that'll be fab. Ab fab. Um, <laughs> Yeah, well, Well, that's a chunker, but luckily what we read for the pod today was not. Not at all. And I really appreciated that. Yeah, to the point point where like, I was like, wait, wait, this is it. Um, I thought it was was longer than it was. 20 something pages. Yeah, if that. In my version, I think it was 17. I mean, it's like crazy (laughs) short. Um, But we love. The shortest month, even with leap year, I did the shortest short story so true um okay i see do you want to give a little overview of the book i know i gave one last pod but we should probably remind people yeah so i'll try to condense it as much as possible but we read for uh today's episode the yellow wallpaper by charlotte prick and gilman um so it is written in a series of diary entries from the perspective of a woman we never get her name who is we know is suffering from postpartum depression it doesn't explicitly say that though um, the narrator begins by describing a large ornate home that she and her husband, John, have rented for the summer. He is a physician, practical man that has moved um, them to the country to like kind of expose her to clean air and help her with her illness that she's suffering from. Um, and the story just kind of unfolds where he's dealing with her, quote, slight hysterical tendencies And she's complaining that her husband's not really listening to her and not taking her seriously about her conditions. And so it starts being this story of she's sleeping all day and then a night she's awake the entire time and staring at this ugly yellow wallpaper in the bedroom that they're staying in, which ironically, they're staying in the nursery, which I thought was weird. Um, And the story just progresses from there. And there are spoilers moving forward so if you don't want to hear anything skip ahead but um it just kind of delves into her own unraveling uh within this room and her being left alone to the point where uh she's uh, kind of like obsessed with the yellow wallpaper and peeling Mm -hmm. it back 
So, um, yeah, we're going to go get into it. I know. (laughs) Go, Charlotte. Um, (laughs) Go, girl. You go, girl. We got you. Um, Do you want to get into the first point that you wanted to bring up? Sure, I will get into it. So I think um, I had actually never really heard of the yellow wallpaper in, in any real way until we um, assigned us assigned ourselves to read it. But um, it's considered like a real kind of classic in the feminist literature canon, literary canon. Um, and for good reason, I think like the illustration of the rest cure, as it was called for women's hysteria at this time is just like so it's such a catch 22, right? Like the inherent paradox and like, you can't leave this house until you feel better, but it's like, she's never going to feel better because she can't leave the house. It's like women can't win. Um, And it's not, you know, just that we didn't understand depression, um, which we didn't, you know, like we didn't understand a lot about it back then, but it was also like a patriarchal, a patriarchal perpetuating cycle um, to keep women, um in this kind of second class status by being like, oh they're hysterical look what happens when you leave them alone right like um so I thought that that she did a really good job with that and also like kind of like a sub point about that is how she she shows how women were so infantilized I mean the the plot the whole plot of the book takes place in what is supposed to be a nursery um and at one point she's like crawling around on the floor like an actual child like um so I don't know it's just uh, I thought that she did a really good job with the commentary on it without being too over the top Um, yeah I think it was um it was interesting that this was a precursor for two of the books that we also read The Awakening and Haunting on the Hill Mm -hmm. and I'll come back to that but like how you brought up how like um she was infantilized and how she was just kind of like discouraged from doing anything that was gonna potentially help her that she said would help her so like Mm -hmm. what I mean by that is that she was writing she was um kind of like all these are kind of her writing her journal her diary entries but almost always at the end of them she's like I have to put this away now John's coming or even when her sister-in-law comes to watch her she hides the writings from them and she's not really in the beginning at least writing anything worrisome she's just kind of letting out her thoughts and feelings but the fact that she can't she doesn't feel that she can share them with her Mm -hmm. husband is showcasing like at that time how women a lot were dismissed of what like you know excuse me like what they're going through and what's going on in their mind Mm -hmm. based on what the men thought and wanted to believe so I just think it's fascinating that um she suffers from quote-unquote nervousness and (laughs) depression Mm -hmm. and she just had a baby but he doesn't put two and two together he's the physician he's a doctor he's like we're gonna give you clean free air and then she's tired she's tired all the time so she wants to sleep he's like all right just stay in your room then so then when she starts wanting to get up starts wanting to go outside he's like no you need to still stay here clearly this is working because you're wanting to get up you're wanting so clearly you need to rest some more and she's like that doesn't make any fucking sense yeah but um 
he tells her at one point, like, you have no reason to suffer. <laughs> like, oh, thanks, man. Like, thanks so much. <laughs> wow. That now I'm cured. Yeah. I'm cured. <laughs> yeah. And she asked, she's like, why do we have to stay in this room? Why do we have to stay in this house? And it gets to the point where just she's completely ignored again and again. Yeah. Um, and so she stops. She eventually just stops telling him, stops trying, hides her writings mm-hmm. and just keeps to herself to the point where yeah. she gets so secretive that it becomes a game for her almost mm-hmm. of like, how much can I do for myself that they won't know about? Yeah. Um, and that definitely leads to the ending. But um, I think like we're also reading it with a contemporary lens so we can put two and yeah. together that she suffers from postpartum but yeah. um you know back then again like you said i think the awakening was published uh like a couple decades after this one this one i think yeah. was like published like around 1860 or written around there i think this one was 1892 um, if i'm not mistaken i did look up i actually looked up the author herself and like was looking up her information and oh you're right yeah 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 she wrote she actually suffered from postpartum depression herself mm-hmm. and she wrote the yellow wallpaper during her illness as like inspiration so mm. she was going through it um <laughs> sis was going through it <laughs> <laughs> yeah for sure but um well, that, that's interesting i mean that kind of oh sorry i was just gonna go to my next point let's was yeah, I cutting you off? I'm sorry. Um, I was just thinking about you said she was writing when she had postpartum depression. <clears throat> I think that's especially interesting because I was kind of the protagonist is unnamed. Um, mm-hmm. She's kind of like everyone and no one. We don't really get her name. And that makes sense because it's her diary. Um, but like it's like a clear choice on the part of Charlotte, obviously, to not include that. So I think it's kind of interesting the like tension between having her kind of stripped of her identity in this way but also it's her diary and she's literally telling her story but it's not just her story it could be anyone's story because she's not named I think like that's an interesting like dynamic um and choice that Charlotte made but also at the end when she says that Jane tried to keep her here there is like I was reading there's like speculation that maybe her name is Jane um in that at the end of the story, when she's kind of like finished her descent into madness, she's like completely like outside of herself and lost herself. And so she's referring to her old self as Jane. Mm-hmm. Some people just think it's a misprint for Jenny. Um, but anyway, it's kind of interesting to think about. I don't think it's a misprint, but. Um, well, yeah. Anyway. I, no, I think that's, that's important because it's like, um, I wanted to also talk about, the pattern in the mm-hmm. wallpaper itself yeah. and how as she like you said descends into this madness which is basically she's getting stir crazy she's she's yeah. feeling she's getting gaslit she's she, yeah. she's she's feeling unheard she feels like um you know she's kind of spiraling within herself and no one's going to believe her and so she's staring all night, every night at this pattern on the wall. Mm-hmm. And she's, at first she just seeks the pattern moves, which we've all been there. When you've stared yeah. at a pattern long enough, you think it moves. Yeah. Um, but then she starts to discern the pattern as like bar-like, like, mm-hmm. like prison bar-like. And she thinks she sees a woman behind it. And, mm. then, and then it progresses to she's seeing the woman behind it 
shake the bars mm-hmm. and shake behind it and trying to stick her head through. Mm-hmm. And then the woman's turned upside down at one point mm-hmm. and looking at her funny because she's she's tried to stick her head through and she got stuck and her head's upside down and she's all out of sorts and all she wants to do is break free. And I think that when, like you said, that the at the end it, it could potentially be like Jane is her old self, is that she sees a woman and initially she's scared of her, but then she as she starts to be alone more and more and more to the point where there's a night when John's away and she refuses mm-hmm. to let Jenny sleep with her. She finally mm-hmm. gets an entire night alone where she doesn't have to worry yeah. about waking anybody up or anybody coming in. And she fucking peels the wallpaper. She starts taking it yeah. down and quote unquote, frees the woman trapped mm-hmm. behind there. And that leads to the ultimate descent into madness that we see in the last page. Mm -hmm. And we'll get to that in a minute. But I think a lot can be said that what if that represents her? Like her only way to free herself was just let herself fucking become the hysterical woman everybody's saying that she is. Mm -hmm. Like she, she just lets herself be swallowed by like... the prison that they put her in so now she frees the woman that was behind the bars quote unquote her old self and now she's this new version that they created they created the monster yeah and it's kind of like the pattern represents that i don't know yeah Yeah. they definitely did and i just i don't know i guess we're kind of at the end of the story now anyway so we can talk about it a little bit but i wonder like to what degree she has some freedom at the end or if she's like totally absorbed by the house like is the woman getting out of the wall like a symbol of like like something opening up and like turning a page and she's like kind of seeing this for what it is or is she like switching places with the woman in the wall and now she's trapped um I think it's kind of open for interpretation personally I think she's being trapped I don't really think that she's got much freedom or agency at the end of the story but I I think you could read it either way which is interesting yeah I think I think that's like um kind of remember when we were reading and talking about haunting on the hill house or whatever the fucking Mm -hmm. Yeah. name is um how we couldn't determine whether or not the house had taken her or she had mm-hmm. let herself be taken and yeah. i think it's a similar concept here and 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 that's a good concept to explore is that like when a when a especially in this time setting whatever circumstances when a woman gets to her breaking point um at what at what juncture does she just decide to give up and give in to what everybody else is saying and telling her about herself um, and what they're doing to her or, um, and is that a version of her giving up or is she quote unquote breaking free by just letting her mind go? Like, um, you know, is she becoming more trapped by the madness itself letting it consume her and be and you know because she she rid the evil she got rid of the wallpaper she quote unquote freed the woman that was behind it Mm -hmm. but 
she then is like crawling around on all fours and like looks back ferally at her husband yeah. once he breaks the door down and yeah. she kind of like is like look i i did it i broke her out i freed her look i'm not crazy but she yeah. looks fucking insane yeah <laughs> like it's yeah. it's like okay is she free or is she a product of them yeah. And like, and she, or like, so was she trapped by them and freed herself by letting the madness go wild? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or did she slowly trick herself into becoming the trapped woman? Yeah. You know, by letting the madness take her. And now yeah. she's forever trapped in that room because they're never going to fucking let her out. Are no. you kidding? <laughs> and, yeah. Even if they do let her out, like she she gone. Her mind yeah. is like she's like completely warped. So yeah, I, I I don't think I didn't read it and see any sort of degree of freedom or like a like a, a relinquishing control and it being a good thing. I saw it as just like losing control or having that control taken away. Yeah. Um and I yeah. guess yeah. But that's yeah. that's what's the beauty of this is that it's it's it allows you to see it from both ways. I mean, you didn't see it as her gaining any control. You saw it as her losing complete control. Whereas I read it as she fucking took the control back. Now she's scaring the shit yeah. out of him. Yeah, you know? that is like, that's how the story ends with him fainting. <laughs> yeah, like he gets hysterical yeah. and faints. Mm-hmm. And like she's and I'm like, this bitch took control. She locked the door. She peeled the paper. She quote unquote released her demons yeah. and then just like became a creature of the night almost and i'm like you know what good for fucking her she had some autonomy there you know yeah (laughs) like yeah um also side note where's the baby (laughs) yeah i know the baby's never named and i think they say maybe at one point it's like with a sitter or like another family member but yeah that's like it's only mentioned once um yeah it's not important but (laughs) it's only the cause of her whole depression um (laughs) yeah no it's just it's yeah i don't know there at the end i think it is after talking about it now i think it is a little bit of both um and you can definitely read into it both ways yeah um but i i don't know i just thought it was such a that's what i liked about the story just as a whole is that everything everything has this duality like there's a flip side to everything in the story like um it they're always talking about like the daytime and the yellow wallpaper and then the moonlight and so it's like light and dark and you know um they're you know we were talking about the protagonist being named or unnamed and how she's like I don't know there's just like there's always two sides to everything in the story um even the yellow wallpaper itself which I think is one of your points like yeah there's so many different ways to take it yeah and um I'll get to that in a second but I also wanted to just touch on what you just said like she um the name at the end like also I think it's fascinating that she identifies more with the woman she's hallucinating about versus the woman that's trying to take care of her like she she identifies more with a woman trapped than with the woman that's trying to nurse her back to health because she maybe she thinks that the woman trying to nurse her back to health is part of the problem um and it's just like it's fascinating to me how charlotte parking i also read a little bit about her history and like she she had an affair with a woman while she was like with her husband then 
divorced that husband, broke off the affair, and then married her cousin. She was a wild card. Not um, so. <laughs> oh, yeah. so like, um, I just like, I don't think that's relevant to the story per se, but like, that's like the author that came up with this concept mm-hmm. of like who you identify with, who you reach out to for help. Yeah. Um, and who, eventually the concept of control was very much messy within her own life and like I think always sought that kind of control so um but yeah anyway the the color that I that was one of my points um I don't want to go too far into it because I don't know anything about color theory I'm not an artist Mm -hmm. um or scholar like that um but I did look up the meanings behind yellow um and I thought it was interesting how she began to not only associate the color of the wallpaper but other parts of the house with it. She at one point said this house smells like yellow, which yeah. is just ugh that sentence. But um there's two ways yellow could be interpreted. Like um it could a lot of people see it as like optimistic, energy, joy, happiness, like mm-hmm. friendship, it's bright, it's sunshiny. But and it could also stand for like intellectual, but there's this other side of yellow. And I think this is a side that she's seeing um, where it can indicate like either jealousy, betrayal, illness, or danger. And I think yeah. that's like the kind of sickly yellow that she's encountering yeah. um, and how like that just permeates her life, how she like it seeps into everything. And yeah. what's fascinating is that we mentioned earlier is that the room that they're in is a nursery. Mm-hmm. and nurseries usually are supposed to be calming and soothing or like a lot of times that especially back then like reflective of the child's gender mm-hmm. um yellow is an interesting choice mm-hmm. for a nursery um and the fact that that's what drives her mad is that postpartum she stays in a room meant for a child and loses it and it's like, is it because it's too much of a reminder? Is it because it's like it's fueling the fire of like no. the you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, the I issues? think it's it's like um in a way it's it's like a little metaphor for the the rest cure thing right like we're gonna take you away and this is gonna help you um like we're gonna put you in a yellow sunshiny room this is all happy and it really does the opposite like she's not seen any of those things there she's like disgusted by the wall she's like it's like grungy and old and foul Mm -hmm. um so i think that that is interesting that like she chose yellow, which is also like, I think you could argue a fairly, depending on the shade, neutral color. Um, but it has so, she has such a visceral reaction to it. Um, I don't know. And yellow can also mean cowardly, which I think is interesting. Um, like, I don't know the, like, I don't know exactly what it would mean, but I do think like, there is a lot of like just like cowardice being shown by the husband, um, you know, by just trying to like find the easy way out and kind of trap her here. Um, and then like he's obviously kind of like a coward at the end and kind of like how literally like cowers before her. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. There's just so much in that color. Yeah. Yeah. And I like how it's like. Um, I don't know. 
I'm, I'm, I keep going back to Shirley Jackson, but like, no, but I think you're the right. most the most haunted room in that story was the nursery, and here, yeah. this is the nur- she's haunted. She's yeah. haunted in a way. She's haunted by the woman in the wall. She's haunted by the absence of her child, or maybe like motherhood that she's dealing with. Um, and I think it's fascinating that in the beginning she hates the color. She hates. She's disgusted. She doesn't want to stay there, and she's forced to. She's forced yeah. to by the husband. And then in the end, she leans into it, she accepts it, and then she moves past it by taking it down. Yeah. Like she takes things into her own hands, literally, and tears it apart. Yeah. Um, and I forget, do, did it, does it say what was beneath it? No, um, right? I don't think, I think so. she's like the, gone at that point. Yeah, I don't think it says what's beneath it. Um. Yeah. Which is interesting, cho- an interesting choice for the writer yeah. to not reveal what was beneath the paper. Because, yeah. I don't know, maybe it was a dead body. Who knows? You know what? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's why she was haunted. Maybe it was a ghost of the person in the yeah. wall. She would see. I thought, I really didn't think that, like, the- drawing. <laughs> Maybe I um I really thought she was going to commit suicide at the mm. end um because at one point in the story when she's describing the pattern of the wallpaper when she first sees it she talks about how the pattern like they had pasted it in a way that like the patterns intersected and it looked kind of off mm-hmm. um and she said like the patterns just kind of like went over the edge and committed suicide at points when they like diverged and I yeah. thought oh foreshadow and I guess I mean she doesn't like die die but like she definitely like takes the turn off the cliff like the paper and in a way like dies to herself I mean she's definitely like not her old self um so I don't know I just think it's like I don't know it's so interesting that so not interesting like horrible like all of these stories that we keep referencing like the women just like kills herself at the end yeah um or like it's open to interpretation but she's never the same um I mean in Haunting of Hill House she's dead but in The Awakening and in this one like is it it's you know like sometimes like the only way to reclaim your freedom or even an inkling of it is to fucking kill yourself i mean it's so depressing and like what a commentary about the times jesus yeah and that brings it full circle though to did she end up just having complete control in the end of herself if she decided to end her own life in what yellow wallpaper that's control that's yeah. not losing control. It takes an immense amount of control for that. But so, I don't think she. No, did. no, I know. But I'm saying oh. the, the the representation of it. I oh, mean, yeah. she she kills off an old part of herself, the old self that cowers before her husband, listens to him. Yeah. The the self that that rationalized why the paper looked like it was moving. Yeah. She completely leaned into her hallucinations. Yeah. Um. And and the worst part of it all was that to the very end, she was vocal about it. She she asked to leave. She was Mm -hmm. like, I really don't think I need to be here anymore. I think I know what's going to make me better. And it's not this fucking house. And he's like, well, we have three weeks left on the lease. It's like, bitch, you're a doctor. Yeah. Money. And all of this happens like her like final descent on the last day she's writing she's like this is the last day um and so i just like mm-hmm. it's like you know 
It's because he, she finally got out from under their thumbs. He left. Yeah. He wasn't there. And so it's like the minute she was able to be alone with her own thoughts, it was like too much because he fucking, they pushed down so much onto her. Yeah. Their own beliefs and their own thoughts and their own ways. Yeah. That it was like a springboard. Like yeah. she was, she was left to her own whims and fucking went mental. Yeah. Um, <laughs> she mental. Yeah. <laughs> but it's just, yeah. I think I kind of come down on the side of, I think after this conversation, she has, there is a sense of freedom, but not a sense of agency. Mm-hmm. Like it, it wasn't her choice, but that doesn't mean that she's, Right. Less like free of it at the end. Yeah. I don't know. This is like such a simple story on its face, but like there's so much to talk about. It's so good. Yeah. Like I think if she had agency, she would have left or killed herself. Yeah. Like she would have gotten out of the room. Yeah. But the fact that she doesn't get out of the room shows that she's essentially lacks the agency that she saw in the beginning. Um, Oh, I know. What a doozy. Wow. 20-something pages, doozy. man. I know. That's, that is such an impressive feat. I know. To pack that much into 20 pages in between okay. the lines. Way to go, bad bitch. Um, go, bad bitch. Go, bad bitch. <laughs> um, uh, what, did, what would you rate it? So, I, I forgot to write this down. Um, I would give it a razzle. I, would, I don't know if I'd give it a full razzle only because of my personal preference that she should have gone more feral and like bit him or something Mm. at the Uh, end yes um but like i understand the time um (laughs) but like i i fully enjoy that she like kind of like that imagery of the ending like that's what Mm -hmm. sold me like because reading it throughout i was like all right i thought this was gonna be a little bit more descent into madness it was very subtle but the total 360 of like the last like paragraph was like yeah. her on all fours looking back over her shoulder and like mm-hmm. grinning like a like a like a beast at him mm-hmm. and it's like <laughs> you know it as um it's giving bertha in jane Eyre. <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, like that's i'm about to set like, fire to this fucker you know yeah trapped in the attic yeah that's what yeah yeah Ugh. so yeah i guess it's like it would be it it is a razzle for me, um, but like there's a little bit of frat in there just because I would have liked to see it push the envelope more. Yeah. But that's just a personal preference of yeah. reading. So yeah. I also gave it a razzle. I I'm gonna give it a full razzle. Um, I just think it is such of like a literary feat to be able to pack that much into 18 pages in my or whatever it was in my version, less than 20 pages. Um on the story on the surface it's such a simple story and there's it's just so multi-layered i feel like you could read it 10 times and catch something new every single time um and so i just think i don't know everything about it was brilliant i thought i like this is i don't know this is like what makes me an english major and why i loved being an english middle right like, like the analysis and all the symbolism like i don't know i made my little english major heart happy so mm. it's the full razzle for me oh i'm glad yeah i forget how i learned about this story i just i just it's been on my list for a while and then when i finally got it i didn't even realize how short it was and i was like why the fuck did it take me so long to read this um yeah. well yeah i mean it when i googled it it was like in like every like 
feminist literature list ever. Yeah. So maybe like it had just been like subconscious, like in the back of your mind from like seeing different lists like that or something, but I'd never heard of it. So I'm glad we read it. Yeah. Yeah, me too. But say Libby, um what else are you gonna be reading? Uh now that we finished up our book club and you finished your other book club read. Mm-hmm. Um well when I finish House of Flame and Shadow, um, I had a library hold come in for a book called A Novel Obsession by Caitlin Brosh. Um, and it is, um, I don't know much detail, but the gist of it is the narrator becomes kind of obsessed with her ex's new girlfriend and kind of like stalks her and I think either the protagonist or the ex-girlfriend works in publishing and so it's like kind of like set in the world so it's a novel obsession um so I'm excited to read that and I'm also listening on audio to book lovers by Emily Henry and it's cheesy it's cheesy as fuck and there are some lines that she says that I'm just like what um but generally speaking, um, I like it better than Beach Read that I read of hers over the summer or last fall that I thought was like, well, um, I think it's because this one is like set in the world of publishing, like the main love interest guy is an editor and she's a literary agent. And it's like, you know, they're at like odds with each other and then they end up in the same small town and oh, no, what's going to happen? Um, so it's cute. It's a nice little audio read. Um, but yeah, that's what's on my plate. But uh how about you? Um, so I'm also going to be reading In My World, a cheesy book. Um, <laughs> uh, Master and Margarita by Mikhail Bul- Bulchikov. <laughs> and once again, the books we're reading are like polar opposites. <laughs> I know, I know. Um, That's what keeps it interesting. So I, I'm just going to read you part of the back of it because... I, okay. I'll never be able to do the justice that, that this does. This, this is peak my personality right here. <laughs> One hot spring, the devil arrives in Moscow, accompanied by a retinue uh, that includes a beautiful naked witch and an immense talking black cat with a fondness for chess and vodka. The visitors quickly wreak havoc in the city that refuses to believe in either Satan or God. But they also bring peace to two unhappy Muscovites. One is the master, a writer pilloried for daring to write a novel about Christ and the Pontius Pilate. The other is Margarita, who loves the master so deeply that she's willing to literally go to hell for him. (laughs) This book was written in the 30s and the 30s in Soviet times. um, And he was it literally wasn't able to publish until posthumously in the Mm. 60s um but it's so funny because it's like I picked it up on I had it on my list anyway my reading list but Mm. I picked it up last Saturday at the bookstore and I was walking with Jimmy and I told him because he was asking like what I was Mm reading I was like getting (laughs) Mm -hmm. and he only heard the margarita part so I was like (laughs) he's like why he's like what he's like what are you reading that for he's like I was like, it's a classic. And he goes, how is that a classic? I was like, her name's Margarita. It's not about <laughs> margaritas. And he goes, oh. Oh. <laughs> oh, my God. That is a very alley book. I know. Sure. <laughs> I'm so excited. And it's like also so like 
golden retriever black cat of us like yeah. for you to be reading this and I'm like book lovers and yeah, um house of flame and shadow <laughs> well, I was trying to find the I did read aha so I did read a really cheesy book because I had this book uh delivery thing that also honestly also really good gift Jimmy got it for me twice like mm-hmm. for a birthday and for like an anniversary or something mm-hmm. and for six months um or whatever months he bought like anybody there's multiple mm-hmm. months you could buy the package it's called avid avid reader or something like that it's like it's a bookshop in like georgia and they send you this weird questionnaire that asks you really random questions like i think one was like um if you had a, no- a memoir a novel written about your life mm-hmm. what would the title be and like really like not like the average questions of like what genre yeah. do you like? Like mm-hmm. random fucking questions. And then a personal like person, actual physical person in the bookstore every month picks a book out for you and so fills cool. out a little card and says why they picked it for you. And it gives you a little description. And it's a different person almost every time. It's never the same one. So a bookseller is curating this book for you. And it's got, it comes in the mail every month. And I got this book called wasted words by stacy hart and you like cheesy (laughs) and it's basically about like these two friends who are actually like living together because he's like the all-american uh like career boy like he's a sports agent um and she is like honestly she is very like the whole uh what is that manic pixie dream girl vibes yeah Um, because she but she's advertises quote-unquote quirky but Mm -hmm. this is what sold me was she owns a bookstore like bar so nice yeah so it's like she has that side so she's very like artsy vibes and he's very like wears suits and shit mm-hmm. um so it's cute it's very cute i mean there's yeah there's some shit that i'm just rolling my eyes at but you seem right. to be able to like look past it so i i can for something like some things are just like too yeah like whatever saccharine sweet but like some of these like things like it's like every once in a while there will be a sentence where I'm like, oh, that was a really like that was a jump of a metaphor, but yeah. okay. Um, or it makes no sense. But like the story itself, I'm kind of digging. Um yeah, anyway. like I think the writing, yeah, is like okay. I think you also like it when the characters themselves have like a personality that you wouldn't fully hate. Yeah. Like like you said, like with book lovers, it's like kind of in the industry. So you like that. But that's what made me thought think of this. Because mm-hmm. you always say that I don't like any of these. And I'm like, I read this. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I didn't love it. But, yeah. <laughs> but I read it. Yeah. But I read it. I I mean, there's another rom-com that I read that, like, I liked, you know? Yeah. Um, it, It's not for everyone. That's okay. No, it's not. I know. I feel like, uh, like something's wrong with me because I... No, nothing's wrong like, with yeah, you. Yeah, I'm just going to read about this fucking, like, Soviet Union devil. Like... <laughs> no nothing's wrong (laughs) you know what you keep it interesting and very original so thank you i appreciate that because sometimes i feel like i'm a little broken (laughs) no well we're all a little broken no but like 
Like, why don't I like the cute shit? Um, I think you do, just in different formats. Okay, fair. That's yeah, fair. Yeah, because I, I don't mind it when it's, like, done well. Or you like it, like, like rom-com movies or, like, Gilmore Ooh. Girls, like, things like that. Like, those can be, like, cheesy and, like, rom-com kind of, like, cliches, but, like... You know, so maybe just like you're more of like a rom-com movie person than a rom-com book person or whatever. Yeah, I think it's when I read it, I'm like, oh, this doesn't feel right. (laughs) Yeah, I think like the thing about audiobooks, too, that I hate, and this is like one of the major like setbacks for the book for me, is that it's being read by a woman, but then she like lowers her voice for the man's voice. And I'm like, not like a ton, but enough. And I'm like... I could follow the story without you doing that, you know, Mm -hmm. like, or just have like two people read it. Like, why isn't there a man Mm -hmm. that's like doing the guidelines? Anyway, that's no, I feel you. It's it's like the whole, like, um, I would not want to listen to like an audio book, especially one that has any kind of spice. It would be like, I don't want you to see this. And then it's like, who did this to you? (laughs) (laughs) Who did this to you? Yeah. That's my my guy voice. Oh, okay. Very good. I do have like a, do- <laughs> a, a do- uh, like a dopey guy voice that I'll do for like any man in my life that I like yeah. tell a story about. I'm pretty sure you've witnessed it when I've yeah. married. I'm sure so. I've gotten a voice memo. <laughs> <laughs> That's for sure. I'm not gonna do it on here. Um, yeah, we got some reading, reading to do. Good thing the Super Bowl is this weekend. Yeah, I. I didn't even know until someone mentioned it at the office today. And they were like, do you have a Super Bowl weekend plans? And I was like, no. I plan to sit on my couch and do nothing. Yeah. Well, by the time this episode comes out, it'll be after. Actually, this episode comes out about... Nope. Nope. 21st. Thank you. Um, It comes after that. But um, the only reason I knew it was Super Bowl was because I went to uh, Pilates. And they had some, like uh ribbons up or some shit that like had footballs on them mm. i was like oh yeah that's i literally happening. only followed it because of taylor swift <laughs> like if, the, if the news no i just mean if the news hadn't been so centered around taylor swift at the super bowl i don't think i would have realized that like it was already time for that like she has a show doesn't she isn't she in tokyo yeah she's right in tokyo she's in tokyo yeah and she's <laughs> not gonna make it back it's crazy anyway um <laughs> shall we leave it there uh, first world problems her jet isn't yeah, fast tell me enough. about it um okay i have to go i have to go read like 350 pages of a depressing book so um well you gotta do what you gotta do someone's gotta do it you know i know i'm taking one for the team <laughs> you're god's bravest soldier <laughs> for sure <laughs> all right take us out <laughs> okay Be sure to follow more about bookish antics on our bookstagrams at there's ink on my hands and grapes underscore of underscore ash. Share Razzle Frat with friends, lovers, even enemies. Feel free to leave a review, comment, or subscribe where you get your podcasts. Also check out our podcast Instagram at Razzle Frat Pod. Come for the books, stay for the coffee field conversation. And now we shall bid adieu to you. That's Razzle Frat. <laughs>